0: Over the last number of Sunday mornings, we've been following the theme of hope, hope for people in different circumstances and situations. And today we're going to be thinking about Simon people, Peter, hope for those who have done something terrible.
1: So uh, this morning's readings in two parts, and uh, the first one's found in John chapter 18, verses 15 to 18. Uh, And that's found on pages 1086. And then we'll move on to verses 25 and 27 after that. And uh, this is before Jesus went to the cross. Simon, Peter, and another disciple were following Jesus because this disciple was known to the high priest. He went with Jesus into the high priest's courtyard. But Peter had to wait outside at the door The other disciple, who was known to the high priest, came back, spoke to the servant girl on duty, and brought Peter in. You aren't one of this man's disciples too, are you? She asked Peter. He replied, I'm not. It was cold, and the servants and officials stood around a fire they had made to keep themselves warm. Peter also was standing with them, warming himself. Then down to verse 25. Meanwhile, Simon Peter was still standing there warming himself. So they asked him, you aren't one of his disciples too, are you? He denied it, saying, I'm not. One of the high priest's servants, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, challenged him. Didn't I see you with him in the garden? Again, Peter denied it, and at that moment, a rooster
0: began to crow. We come to the second of our Bible readings, which again are from John's Gospel, and then a few verses from 1 Peter. Sorry about that.
1: So uh, the first reading is from uh, John chapter 21, uh, verses 15 to 19, and that's on 1090. And then if you want to use a bookmark or um, maybe uh, your order of service just for now, just for uh, 1 Peter chapter 5. Uh, verses 8 to 11, and that's on page 1,221. So this is after the cross and the resurrection. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time, Jesus said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, When you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. And then if you flip over to 1 Peter uh, chapter 5. Be alert and of sober mind. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen.
0: I don't know what is the worst thing that you've ever done. Uh, For Theresa May, evidently it was running through a wheat field. Uh, I think it was when she was a girl. I can empathize somewhat uh, with the Prime Minister because I vividly remember as an eight-year-old being shouted at by my farming uncle for using a, mountain of, uh, using a mountain of grain in the shed as a glorious sand hill for scrambling up and down and stacks of it spilling outside the door and getting spoilt. Maybe you can recall from your past uh, incidents similar to those bad things you have knowingly or unwittingly done. Or terrible things not yet discovered. So we pray. Heavenly Father, your word tells us that our enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. But you also encourage us to resist him, standing firm in the faith. And so in these few moments together, dismantle us, please, as you will, but then put us together again and remake us after the likeness of your dear Son, in whose name we pray. Amen. What fascinates me about John 18, verse 15, which Rob read to us uh, on page 1086 John eighteen fifteen says, Simon Peter and another disciple were following Jesus. So the story we are looking at today is not about any old individual. It's about uh, a disciple who's very close to the Lord Jesus, Simon Peter. Uh, Simon Peter who jumped out of the boat to meet him. Simon Peter, who, unlike the other disciples, recognized Jesus as the Christ, the Son of the living God. And here we're talking about Simon Peter, a disciple who, albeit uh, very quietly, was literally following Jesus. And you cannot get much more earnest than that. He was following Jesus as he was going to the place of his trial. And yet within two verses of that, we see a girl at the door of the high priest's house where Jesus was being questioned, asking Peter, aren't you one of this man's disciples? To which he said, no. Simon Peter, a disciple, someone who was a follower of Jesus, denies knowing him. He then had time to think Uh, Jesus is being interrogated. He's been struck in the face. And and Peter, warming himself by the open fire, is then asked by somebody else, verse 25, You're not one of his disciples, are you? To which he said, No, I'm not. Ring any bells? Uh, I remember as the second former at Coleraine Inst. In an idle moment, carving the words Jesus saves on the rickety black desk. I should have been doing my French. But I believed that passionately, and I thought it would be a wonderful act of witness. And uh, the French teacher came up behind me and said, Did you write that, seller? To which I instantly said, Oh, no, sir. <laughs> Proud witness, one minute, shameful denial the next. And then one of the high priest's servants, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, challenging him, didn't I see you with him in the olive grove? And again, Peter denied it. This time, Matthew 26 tells us with swearing and with curses, I tell you, I don't know the man. And in that moment, the rooster crowed. Our denials of Jesus are rarely as blatant as these. More often, as Jesus' beautiful name is being used as an expletive, we keep quiet. More usually, as a school friend or a colleague or mates talk about things in a coarse and contemptible way, we say nothing. But sometimes, just sometimes, we shock even ourselves and fail spectacularly by our capitulation. It's interesting to see what Peter writes later in his life with the benefit of hindsight, what Peter says, how he reflects upon this sudden and shocking denial of being a follower of Jesus. You can see in 1 Peter 5, page 1221, which we read a little earlier. 1 Peter 5, verse 8, your enemy, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour you've got an enemy you do know that don't you disciples followers of jesus you've got an enemy and even as jesus had a confrontation with satan at the start of his ministry do not be surprised when i tell you that the same enemy that attacked him seeks to devour and destroy those who belong to him. And we ignore that at our peril. Peter forgot it. And even when he was following Jesus, not once but three times when confronted with unexpected questioning, he denied all knowledge of him. And that's why in 1 Peter 5, Peter, who experienced this ignominy firsthand, now goes on to give three pieces of godly counsel, which I guess you could put this way. One, stay awake. That is, be self-controlled. Secondly, stay alert. That is, don't let anything trip you up. And thirdly, stay strong. That is, resist him standing resolutely in the faith what's the worst thing by the way that can happen to a christian often i think we suppose it is suffering not so it's sin in the words of tim keller which uh, we as a family read together uh, on the on the psalms each each morning this week he says this an ounce of sin can harm us more than a ton of suffering. Sin can harden our hearts so that we lose everything. But suffering, if handled rightly, can make us wiser, happier, and deeper. I wonder if you can recall what had taken place to Peter and the other disciples just prior to his denial of Jesus in the high priest's house. They had been in the Garden of Gethsemane. Watch and pray, Jesus had requested, but his disciples, Jesus, uh, Peter indicated, had not watched and prayed. Instead, they dropped off to sleep. They had failed to pray. No wonder then Peter, bitten by Satan's venomous insomnia, urges his fellow believers to stay awake. That is, be self-controlled, Christian people cannot afford to be unaware. And here, um, perhaps, it is worth observing too often people end up in court and cause untold trauma and trouble to ourselves and other people because something they have done while under the influence of alcohol, something that causes us not to be self-controlled. And alcohol, Uh, leads to inhibitions going out the window, doesn't it? The imbibing of alcohol leads to a lack of self-control. And Christian people, disciples, followers of Jesus, especially at this pre-Christmas celebration season, need to be alert pertaining to demon drink, to stay awake in the spiritual sense. That is, we have to be self-controlled. So that's the first thing, stay awake, be (laughs) self-controlled. Secondly, stay alert. That is, don't let anything trip you up. Middle-aged people, tell me this, what is it that you're reading at the moment? Is it something that's feeding your spirit, nourishing your soul, or something that is trashy, disturbing, and downright sinful? That's why we have a bookstall to encourage good and godly reading. Young people, what are you listening to at the moment? Do the words of the songs pumping through your heads mean anything? Or are they just, as many say, background noise? Here are some of the words of uh, Despacito, the most streamed song of all time. I want to undress you and kisses slowly, firmly in the walls of your labyrinth and of your body. I want to create a manuscript up, 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 up. Let me read you some more. No, I won't. Stay alert. It was the it was the reformers who recognized that hymns were a positive way of getting Bible truth into people's heads and hearts. So what are you listening to today? Because what you listen to today will influence you tomorrow. That is what the words of songs are designed to do. So stay awake. Stay alert. 1 Peter 5, 9 says, stay strong, resist the devil, standing firm in the faith. Do you know something, and this is something that only occurred to me as I was preparing this, there are lots of places in the Bible where we are told to run away from certain things or situations or places. We're to run away from temptation, we're to flee from foolish and harmful lusts, we're to flee from the love of money. But oddly enough, at first sight, we are not told to flee from Satan. Rather, we are told to resist him. Stand firm in the faith. What is it that says in Ephesians 6, the armor of God? Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the authorities, the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and the breastplate of righteousness and place and so on. We're not to flee. We're to stand firm. And is that not what the Lord Jesus did when he was tested by the devil at the start of his ministry? He wasn't afraid of of Satan. Rather, he resisted him with the words of Scripture. It is written. It is written. This is what God has said. And that's what we're to do, to resist Satan through knowing and living out the truths of Scripture. Resist the devil, says James in James chapter 4 verse 7, and he will flee from you. We are to flee from temptation and foolish and harmful lusts, but by resisting the devil, he will flee from us. In other words, the power of God within the believer is stronger than even the strong man, Satan. For as it says in 1 John 4, verse 4, he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. So Christian believers, take confidence. Stay strong. Resist the devil standing firm in the faith. And, and that is what Peter Uh, writes, looking back with the gift of insight after the terrible thing he did as a disciple, as a follower of Jesus, denying Jesus, he says, stay awake. Be self-controlled. Stay alert. Don't let anything unexpectedly trip you up. Stay strong. Resist Satan. Stand resolutely in the faith. we're nearly done but before we finish uh, what if even as we speak you are someone who like peter has done something terrible what does the lord jesus to say to you and for this may i invite you to turn to this most wonderful chapter located at the very end of john's gospel That's chapter 21, that's page 1090. We know that Peter had denied Jesus what could have been more terrible. Not once, but three times he had hurt and damaged a relationship, which in most other circumstances may have rendered it beyond repair. Luke tells us that on hearing the rooster, Peter went outside and wept bitterly. Those were tears of regret, they were tears of frustration, tears of pain at his fickleness, tears of sorrow that his friendship, which had meant everything to him, was now surely over, tears of repentance. Peter went outside and he wept bitterly. Have you ever been there? Something you've done so terrible, you've gone outside and wept. But that, you see, is not the end for Peter, and it's not the end for you either, because here we believe the gospel. Here we believe that there is good news for the captive, good news for the caged, there's good news for the one who walked away, there's good news for the doubting, for the good Lord has come to seek and save. Listen to this. It's it's just a 2 minute testimony of somebody called John Joseph which I came across this week.
2: My name is John Joseph. From an early age I was totally immersed in sin. And as I grew older the nature and degree of my sin became more grievous. As I transitioned into college and early adulthood, the roots of sin that had taken hold in the past began to flourish and define my life in every possible way. Giving myself completely to sin, I eventually became an alcoholic, a drug user, and a cocaine dealer. I dishonored my parents. I was a liar. I used everyone and everything for personal gain and was full of lust, greed, and hate. But God, in his mercy, removed me from my surroundings, and brought me to Baltimore, Maryland. In late 2008, while at Blockbuster, I came across Bill Maher's mockumentary entitled Religious. After watching the documentary, I was annoyed at Maher's obvious bias in his portrayal of religion, and so I got on Google and searched for a debate on Christianity. What I found was Ravi Zacharias, and over the course of the next year, Ravi would completely dismantle everything I believed in. As I continued to search for more teaching on the web, God and his mercy would eventually lead me to Desiring God Ministries. On January 5th of 2010, I sat down to listen to a message on John 3:16, And prior to beginning the sermon, Mr. Piper prayed that somebody would be brought from the darkness and into the light. Being faithful and true, our Father answered. Not five minutes into the message, as I sat devastated by the reality of my sin, and the impending judgment that awaited, I knew that I deserved hell. I knew that I was going to hell. I was, however, then overwhelmed by the knowledge that my sins had been forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. And our Father's kindness and mercy did not stop at salvation, as he has continued giving in ways beyond what I could ever imagine. He eventually led me to a good church, where through sound teaching and fellowship, he has caused me to grow and has changed my heart to want to serve him every area of my life for the rest of my life and for the glory of his name. Had you seen me three years ago, you would have likely thought I was unreachable. There's seriously, there's no no reason for me to be standing here. I still can't believe that I'm standing here outside of God's power, but I stand here by grace as a testament to the power of the gospel. There is not a soul in this world that is too lost or too dead or too far from God's reach. You need to tell everyone this gospel. Do not underestimate the power of this gospel.
0: There's no soul too far gone to reach. And John 21 is Bible evidence for that. After Peter's denial in the courtyard of the high priest, the Lord Jesus was sent for trial before the Roman governor There he was sentenced to death by crucifixion. He was flogged, he was abused, he was struck, he was mocked and humiliated. Nails were driven through his hands and feet. On the cross, Jesus, who deserved nothing but life, died the death that we deserve, so that we who deserve nothing but death might have life in all its fullness. And so Jesus' body was laid in a tomb, but three days later, God vindicated him by raising him from the grave, and he appeared to Mary Magdalene, his disciples, and to Thomas. You can read about that in John 20. And then, John 21, Jesus appeared once more to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. And Simon Peter is fishing. Peter, who was Jesus' disciple. Peter, who had been following Jesus, but now defeated, devastated, devastated deflated, back in the place where he had been before this terrible event, fishing. Jesus says, Peter, pointing to the evidence of the fish, he says, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Feed my lambs. Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Take care of my sheep. Simon, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Feed my sheep. And Peter, previously battered and broken, devastated and destroyed, was beautifully renewed and restored by the one who had come to save. Which brings me back to what I carved in the desk. Jesus saves. It was carved into that dirty old desk and colary nymphed denied by my words, as soon as I had engraved it, but with an embarrassment and humiliation, I went up to the teacher afterwards and said, Sorry, sir, it was me. I lived with the consequences. The big lesson learned. whether our denial of the Lord Jesus has been great or small, or whether the thing you have done is shockingly beyond words or terrible beyond imagination, Jesus stands before you with his nail-pierced hands, and he says, I have taken the punishment so that you do not have to. I have died the death that you deserve so that you might live forevermore. And so the invitation to you, who's even done something terrible, to return. Return to the shepherd, the overseer of your soul. Return to Jesus, standing firm in the faith. And he is there to receive you. Our gracious Father, as you speak to our hearts, So enable us, please, by the power of the Holy Spirit to live as forgiven people. Forgiven people. And what we ask is in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen.
3: Let us pray. The God of all grace, who called you into his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Lord God, we thank you that you're a generous God who has great plans for us. In a world where we are being constantly pulled, distracted, and tempted by darkness, Where we deny you and can be scared to stand strong in your name, we praise you that you restore us through Jesus Christ. If we come to you, you give us a hope that is eternal, that gives us a new life and allows us to be part of a victory that has already been won. All through history you have been faithful, and this will never cease. As we pray this morning, we bring before you situations and people far away and at home who need to be surrounded by your love and grace. We bring before you this morning those in Egypt whose lives have changed in another act of darkness, whether through losing a family member, friend, or having to adjust to life in a very different way. May your grace and love be shown to those through people who love you or found by you found by those who need to find hope in a situation seeking for something that is beyond their understanding. As Zimbabwe adjusts to new leadership, will you guide, strengthen, and give wisdom to those who aim to take this country forward? Will you enable those in leadership to lead the country with integrity and grace, seeking your guidance and decisions that they will make? Closer to home, we pray for our country. Would you give wisdom, guide, and soften hearts to be humble in those who are trying to make decisions that impact the future of this country? May Belfast be a city of people who love each other, people who respect each other and show love. May those who belong to you show love as Jesus would have shown love, fully selflessly towards everyone. Would we as a church family support each other, pray for each other and build each other up? As we, people who love you, seek to build your kingdom here on earth, may we enable and equip those in this, our church family, to feel loved and drawn closer to you in fellowship with each other. We are called to declare your glory among the nations, And as we think about our church family, we think of those who at this time are serving in other lands. We thank you for the safe arrival of Dave Bell to Cameron and pray that he would have opportunities to use his gifts to speak about you. We remember Sheila and the Hughes as they spend short periods of time in places very close to their hearts. We pray for continued safety for travel. And that they may remain a constant encouragement to those who they are meeting and working with during their time away we thank you for medicines that enable the effects of malaria to be very much softened for sam and joel but we pray that you would bless the boys with a full recovery and that this would not impact on the time that they spend there as sarah hagan spends time during her elective in uganda would you keep her and the girl she is traveling with safe in a country that can be very dangerous for young, young girls who are travelling alone. May the girls enjoy the time that they spend in Chiwoku Hospital and may they use their skills to help and encourage those already working there and may they honour you in all that they do. Would you continue to sustain Helen, James and Heather as they work long term in countries far away from home in situations that can prove lonely and difficult. Would you be with Bill and Graham as they finalise their thoughts and plans for their visit to Rwanda in the coming weeks? Enable them to speak wisely and continue to build relationships that will allow us as as two congregations to support and empower each other in our own circumstances for kingdom service. As we leave here today, may we go remembering that even though we are not worthy. You are a God who has won the victory, who has set us free, broken the chains and given us amazing grace. Empower us through your spirit to stand firm in you, resisting the many temptations that are thrown in our way. And may our lives be a testament to your power and be for your glory forever and ever. Amen.